Welcome to the Birds FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Something Wicked This Way Comes. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And tonight is Wednesday, January 10th in the year 2024. We are in an interesting time right now as the measure of reveal is exceeding the ability for them to contain the truth. And with that, you can be rest assured with the stories that are percolating up, there is something brewing to try to get it all back into the bottle. In other words, these people are freaking out. The elite are losing control, and they're losing control because people are beginning to pay attention to the things that just don't make sense. And they're starting to ask questions, which is something obedient slaves never do. So there is an awakening happening. The biggest question now as we go forward is will that awakening be simply in facts and knowledge, which can lead us astray once again, or will we get rooted into spiritual awakening in the relationship with God and Jesus and therefore awaken ourselves in a much greater way? That's going to be heavily dependent on the remnant. But the most important thing to realize is between here and that point, there are many things brewing. and it's very in, There's a strong indication that what we're about to witness and experience is going to shake the world and shake us in deep ways, and we have to be well prepared. Patriots is part of that. We have to be understanding that these are psychopaths. We are dealing with psychopath pedophile elites. They'll do anything to shut the system down. And that would include things like an EMP. That would allow them to completely fry the systems, not give you any access to the to the internet permanently, and allow them to do a complete reset to force you into their system. Don't think it's out of the, out of their idea or out of their realm of possible. You need to be prepared. Part of that preparedness is to get the equipment needed to secure your electronic systems, whether it's in your vehicle, your ATV, your RV, your home systems, whether it's in your solar system, your generator, or your ham-based radio station, whatever it is. And to do that, you need a product that will be able to in intercept those surges. That's EMP Shield. EMPShield.com is where you find it using your BARDS code, BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. You're going to be able to get $50 off and free shipping, plus right now, if you buy two or more of these units, you're going to get an additional 10% off. These are designed, American-built, American-designed, veteran-owned company, and American-tested. They're outstanding products that meet the highest level of standards for EMP protection, EMP level 1, 2, and 3, plus lightning strikes, plus solar flares. These are the type of product you need in our lifestyle to, because we have, like it or not, become very dependent on electronics, whether it's your vehicle that has an electronic computer to manage its fuel flow, manage the entire systems, whether it's the electronics in our homes, whether it's the electronics in your solar system, whether it's electronics in your ham-based radio station system, whatever it is, you need you need one of these to protect. And they have them for the home. They have them for each of your vehicles. Each of these scenarios I just described, they have them. Specialized and tailored just specifically for those needs. So all you need to do is go to empshield.com, empshield.com. Use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. You'll get $50 off and free shipping, plus right now, site-wide 10% off. If you buy two or more, really a good deal. And you're going to need more than one for your, for your household. So check it out. Worth doing, especially in this current environment. I'm going to start off today with a letter, digital email type letter that came from Google. And I want you to hear this. This is amazing. It says, Dear Advertiser, in February of 2024, Google will update the inappropriate content policy to clarify the definition of sensitive events, a, quote, sensitive event is an unforeseen event or development that creates significant risk to Google's ability to provide high-quality, relevant information and ground truth and reduce insensitive and exploitative content in prominent and monetized features. During a sensitive event, we may take a variety of actions to address these risks. Examples of sensitive risk includes events with significant social, cultural, or political impact, such as civil emergencies, 
natural disasters, public health emergencies, terrorism and related activities, conflict or mass acts of violence. Examples of what we prohibit, non-exhaustive. Products or services that exploit, dismiss, or condone the sensitive event, including price gouging or artificially inflating prices that prohibits, restricts access to vital supplies, sale of products or services, which may be insufficient for the demand during a sensitive event. Using keywords related to a sensitive event to attempt to drive additional traffic. Claims that victims of a sensitive event were responsible for their own tragedy or similar instances of victim blaming. Claims that victims of a sensitive event are not deserving of remedy or support. Claims that victims from a certain country may were responsible or deserving of a global public health crisis. Sincerely, the Google Ads team. This whole framing is beginning to set things up so that they have complete censorship over the web for any reason, especially in terms of crisis. The one that stands out to me there's a number of them, but one in particular is mass acts of violence. We are seeing a, seeing a mass exodus or in influx, I should say, of fighting age males into our country. And these fighting age males are taking position throughout this nation with the sole intent of causing a war. Google's sensitive event capability will be it will have the ability to censor any discussion about these events and to put blame on them as they are. So an example, if we say that the sensitive event was caused by people, illegals coming across the border, fighting age males, Google can claim this and then block your movement and block your access to your account in various ways or delist you, which is one of their big tricks, just because you've mentioned the fact that the truth that this government was complicit in bringing in a fighting age, fighting age males to start a war. We're being set up right now pretty heavily, and we have to be prepared for this and understand that this is truly part of their last straw. These people are losing their mind because they can't control the narrative and they can't control anything that they want to control, which is unfortunate. So what I want to do right now is I want to roll back, first of all, and just some of the, as we go through some of these, and go back to a story that we haven't covered for a while. This would qualify as a sensitive event. It's a story that has managed to fall off the radar, which we covered extensively here, and which we have forgotten. Now, I'm going to warn you that this piece that I'm going to play does have language, and it's a language issue. There's several F-bombs in it, so just be aware. If that bothers you, then tune it out. But I want you to hear this piece because it takes us right to the truth of what's going on right now in Maui. I'm willing to bet most people aren't aware of how bad the United States government is fucking the people who lost their home in the Maui fire. See, as a result of the Maui wildfire, 2,207 homes in Lahaina burnt down. And I'm sure that you would imagine there's a lot of reconstruction going on, but you'd be wrong. See, since the Maui wildfire, not a single building permit has been approved. Not one. Oh, and I'm sure you'd also think that all the people that had their homes burned down we're going to be receiving insurance payouts. And you're probably thinking that the only reason they haven't received those insurance payouts is because of the evil insurance companies don't want to pay them. But you would be wrong again. See, the insurance companies haven't been able to pay anything because the United States government won't even allow the insurance adjusters into the area, where all they want to do is go in there and verify that these buildings have burned down. They want to verify how extensive the damage is for each of the homes that they insured. And for a lot of these homes, it would be as easy as them driving up, taking a picture of a burnt down property, therefore verifying that that home no longer exists, and then they could cut a check. But the U.S. government won't let them do that. And the U.S. government won't let anybody rebuild. And here's the wildest part. Because the insurance adjusters can't verify that these homes burnt down, and because the United States government won't approve a single fucking building permit, all of these people are still paying their mortgages. These people no longer have homes, but because they're not approving building permits and they're not letting the insurance adjusters in, the banks are still charging these people a mortgage. These people are paying a fucking mortgage on houses that don't even exist, and many of them are getting foreclosed on. Like, imagine how ridiculous that is. Your house burnt to the fucking ground. Your insurance company wants to go out there. They wanna go see the burnt down house, take a picture, and cut you a check. But the government, in the interest of helping people, I guess, won't let them do that. 
So the banks get to keep collecting the mortgage payments. And if you can't make the mortgage payments on the house that isn't even fucking there anymore, they get to foreclose on the property. And now the bank owns the land where your house used to be. And all of this is happening because the government will not approve any building permits and won't even let the insurance adjusters in. But yeah, you guys keep celebrating that Biden visited there for four hours. I'm sure that's some comfort to these people. This was Lahaina. And as we remember the story in Lahaina, Lahaina was hit with some sort of a space-based laser system, due directed energy system, that burned Lahaina, combined with on-the-ground agents that used it activators and accelerants to move that fire rapidly, along with weather warfare that was able to move in particular storms out of the way and to allow all this to happen. This was a billionaire-driven event with billionaires' properties not being touched, and yet the Native, the Native population's properties were savagely burned down, and they have been even at certain points were restricted from going in there. We also have to remember that the Las Vegas chief of police that was part of the shooting in Las Vegas happened to be the chief of police there. All of this is an orchestrated con in front of everybody's eyes. They mock us constantly. And with this, they're using these as a way to acquire property for the wealthy and the elite. It's part of this Agenda 2030 model where the government openly wants to acquire 30% of the lands into its own holding, which is to translate in a corporate-private partnership, a, a public-private partnership, which is known as a corporatocracy. They want the lands held in the hands of the few so that they can create fiefdoms, which they rule the people as serfs. This is the world they're trying to force us into. All in the name of green, protect the world, environmental, global warming, whatever else, eating bugs and also eating lab-grown meat and lettuce. This is the vision they have for the world. And in order to get there, they need to have catastrophic events. It's important to realize that in the United States, we are not a good we are not seen favorably in the world of the elites because we have something that they don't like. And that's something they, they don't like is our guns. And they know this. And so part of these processes to break us down constantly and continually to such a degree that the guns literally don't matter because people keep getting brutalized in such a manner that they can't keep track of, they can't keep up with all the other things going on in their lives. It is a rough road ahead potentially for everybody. And the only way we're going to get through it is to continue to work together, to stay together, and to continue to work in the body of Christ. This war that we're in is very real. I want you to hear this short piece here. This is kind of a framing of how the elites kind of see us in terms of our Second Amendment. Countries with the most firearms per 100 people. Starting off at the 10th position, we have Iraq with 30 firearm per 100 people. Moving on to the ninth place, we have Iran with 31, Switzerland at number 8 with 32 firearms. Moving upwards at number 7, Uruguay with 32.5 per 100 people. Finland with 33 firearms secures its place in the 6th position. Reaching to the top 5, New Zealand at 5, with 34.5 firearms. Cyprus at the 4th place, with 37 firearms. At 3rd place, it's Serbia with 38 firearms. At number 2, it's Republic of Yemen, with staggering 55 firearms per 100 people. Here is an interesting fact about Yemeni culture. Owning a firearm is considered to be a right rather than privilege, meaning anyone can own a firearm without a permit or license as it's considered to be masculine in the Yemeni culture. However, at the top of the list, it's the land of free liberty and democracy, the United States with 120 firearms per 100, making Americans the most armed people in the world. Making Americans the most armed people in the world. So the only way that you can take that away and starting to get this country under the control of the global elites is to bring in a multi-vectored asymmetric war against this public. And they've been seeding this. We've been talking extensively about this because part of their issue is to create such chaos and such turmoil that it's not possible for America to recover from what they tend to do. Now, just to kind of give you an idea of the magnitude of what's going on down at the border, and I think it's important to realize the criminality of what we're dealing with here, I want you to hear this uh, this piece here for one of the sheriffs down there in on the border on what was going on, has been going on as these illegals come across. You know, we see all these people coming across, mostly military age men coming from China, from Africa, from all over the world. Uh, most of them not even being vetted when they come in here. But here's what's really going to bother you. When these folks come across and they're processed, they're being given 
a cell phone, a plane ticket to wherever they want to go in this country, so probably to a community near you, and a $5,000 Visa card. So while this Christmas season you're struggling to keep your lights on, uh, while you're struggling to pay your rent, put Christmas presents under the tree for your kids, we have our government giving people that came into this country illegally $5,000 gift cards. That's the truth, folks. God bless. This is the truth, and this is all the setup for what is to come. When you start to look at Google changing policies, you're starting to see what they're lining up because this is an information war, but there will be a kinetic aspect to it, at least they hope. And the information war aspect, which is very important, is how we stay informed, and they want to limit that ability so that we remain blind and that they provoke fear. Remember, this is trauma-based programming that they're using to get people back into the box. And the more that this goes on, the more that they're going to rely increasingly on trauma-based programming to get things right, meaning for their sake to get us back in line. Now, I don't know if you've been hearing about the uh, tunnels in New York, which has been under the synagogue up there. This is the Jewish group of people up there that when they, when they found the tunnels and they started to open it up, those as a member of the synagogue had a riot to try to keep people from finding the tunnels. This particular synagogue is owned by apparently three different Jewish sects in competition, arguing who owns what. But these tunnels were real. And as they were finding the tunnels underneath, they were also finding blood-stained mattresses, which I'm sure is completely normal. And, it, and to make matters even more flavorful in this event, they've now discovered that the underground Jewish tunnels found in New York are connected to the local children's museum. I'm sure there's nothing to see here, and I'm sure that there's no such thing as pedophilia within the Jewish culture, especially since pedophiles now have safe haven in Israel. And Oh, that's right. That's Israel that's supposedly being attacked by the Palestinians, by Hamas, who is funded by Mossad, who managed to get through the most restrictive border section in the entire world, because the soldiers were told to stand down, but that's Hamas's fault, and so in, in so doing, that's why we want to eradicate the Palestinians with 30,000 bombs and sending out aid and COVID shots for all the children, while the Israelis openly admit that they're killing women and children and want more Apaches, which the U.S. is going to provide so that they can continue this genocide, which they want us to spread our blood on in the Middle East. Just saying, I'm sure there's nothing connected to these tunnels in New York. These are the sorts of truths as they pop up that this, these people, that if you have to keep in mind that when we have people that are willing to rape and, and pillage children for their own pleasure and benefit, do not question what they're willing to do to you. That's the most important thing to understand. And these are the same people that are running our banks, that are running our financial systems. These are the same people that run Hollywood, all of them. So this is a really important understanding of what we're getting at here is the corruption of using religious cover especially the title of being a Jew, which is giving them an exclusive immunity pass because we're not supposed to speak of them whatsoever or say anything bad about them because apparently this class of people suffered during the Holocaust and because they suffered during the Holocaust, it now gives them the right to create a new genocide in their time and to pillage the world's children at will. That's the law and the way they've set it up and it's what they intend us to follow. This is literally a, a, the, some of the darkest, darkest evil we have ever seen, and it's continuing to be to exploit us and the public's naivety, getting churches to rally around war to kill one another. And most, most disturbingly is people are literally standing up to have war against the Palestinians when they don't even know what the Palestinians are, and they're, what they're supporting is a complete and total genocide. These things are percolating up because we're coming to a culmination point, which we have to be aware of, that something very big is coming. They have to get control of the world again. These are people that have had control of the world, and it's slipping out of their grips. And do not think for a second that they will not use any, every aspect they can to reclaim their authority in the world to get people back in order. Now, here's a, a piece from Peace Chambers, and this is uh, just a little bit ago. It's not like today. It's been It's been a bit of time. Looks like it's actually been about four or five weeks ago, but I wanted to play it because this piece from Pete is um, pretty important in terms of what was going on in Eagle Pass. And this is one of those key areas as we go forward here that's going to be very critical 
in so many ways, which we'll talk a little bit more after you hear this piece. Good morning, Doc Pete here. Eagle Pass, Texas, somewhere in the vicinity of. Uh, today would be countermeasures day, so installing some uh, denial techniques for routes of ingress to uh, landowners' properties. And uh, hopefully by the end of the day, we, uh, we have some uh, networks throughout, or networked landowners throughout uh, this area to help uh, thwart some of the uh, ingress, the movement in towards us. Uh, it's, it's, you know, one at a time. It's overwhelming. Uh, Eagle Pass is just getting slammed. So pray for us. God's got this. So do we. It is going to take a, a lot of our faith right now to get through all of this. And we're going to have to stay rock solid in understanding that so much of this is anchored in a spiritual war. That means that we're going to have to individually continue with our process of repentance. We have to, as a nation, repent. And we have to, as a nation, we have to pray into the spiritual warfare to start breaking these strongholds. We are dealing with a demonic attack on this nation. And in my personal opinion, much of what's flooding across the southern border, besides the women and children, which I think many of them are just innocent victims, we are dealing with demonic agents that are coming in here to seed into our nation to cause mass chaos. What the intel is indicating right now, and this is also showing up in film, just so we know, because currently there is a great deal of in influence operations going on in the cinema realm, which always happens. One of those films that recently came out is called Leave the World Behind. Leave the World Behind is a, it's on Netflix. It was directed and produced by the Obamas, and it basically establishes that the world went into chaos when Trump was elected, and from that point forward, it has been a there is a spiral we're heading into towards civil war. As I've said many times, there's one thing they want more than anything, it's to infuse a civil war in our nation. Part of the reason they're bringing in these active agents, part of the reason they're trying to continue their hatred and division politics, to keep people at odds with one another. The last thing they want is for people to unite and come together, see each other as who we really are, and then realize what they've been doing. That is the only way you can accomplish those end goals of civil war is to break down society, to get away, to get to a place where the infrastructure is broken down and ultimately we're having to rely on something else to give us security. This is where you have to look towards probably a false flag coming up in April. And this is going to tie in with a solar eclipse on April 8th. Now, just so I highlight this, we're going to be doing a major rally on April 8th. It'll be up in Ohio. It's going to be myself. It's going to be Michelle and Lee of the Resistance Chicks. We're going to bring in other pastors. We're going to be at Pastor Neil's church. We're still working on this, details of this, which will follow here in a few weeks. But April 8th is very significant because that, that's the solar eclipse that completes the X, if you've seen that, through the middle of America. But this particular solar eclipse begins in Eagle Pass. And as it passes through Eagle Pass, it will then arrive up in Ohio, where it is a complete and total solar eclipse. These events, you can guarantee they will exploit. They will use them as a measure to create some sort of event to make people think like there is some natural disaster. My, this could be an EMP. We could deal with that. We could deal with a variety of other things And as we hit the sun going into total darkness to where they'll exploit this event to try to bring other chaos. Now, there's another significant thing about April, which is not to be forgotten. And that's April 19th, 1775. April 19th, 1775 is Lexington and Concord. That was the first shots fired with the British, which launched the pivot and sent us into the Revolutionary War, which ultimately we won. April's a significant event. And my guess is that what you're going to see in this is a number of events will be exploited by media and other agents of their terror machine to try to infuse the country with terror and, and, and fear. If you roll back to COVID-Con, it's important because you will remember in COVID-Con, April was a critical event in the release in COVID when President Trump was trying to present alternative therapies, and it was that month that we went into the masking, which never left. So April will be likely a false flag of some fashion, and they will try to exploit that going forward to create a chaos of the, of, in people's minds and an ensuing fear that will then follow more fear will follow in November after the elections as we will likely descend into some major event that will be a significant event and probably attempt to be a mass casual event after November. 
The interesting thing to note is April also leads up to May, and May is the signing of the WHO's treaty, which basically strips away everybody's rights. If you've read through this health treaty, all they have to do is proclaim a pandemic, and then the game is on, and they can strip away anything and everything that you own simply because they say they want it or because they say you have violated whatever laws it is under their new order. And this is really, really important to understand because this takes us into this document, which we call the 231, referenced as the 231 or the document of military accountability, which has been signed and we've talked about so much here in the last few last week. We need to work every, work overtime to get our military back under the control and focus of we the people and separated from the influence of the cabal. That means that senior leaders in our nation, every single, every single general and admiral, one star and above, needs to be held accountable and needs to be removed. That may also mean to have some breakaway activities within our military and armed forces to realize that they need to get back to we the people. That's the significant uh, significance of that 231 event, and it's critical this year that we get that done. We are in a timeline of increasing pressure that to try to, it's an osmotic pressure that's coming in on us to try to squeeze the people and collapse them to force you to bow to them. Whatever we do going forward, we can never bow. Let me play this piece from Pete Chambers. This came out about a, just about a week ago now, but everything he says is highly relevant. Doc Chambers here. I am proud to have served with 231 signatories that are on that declaration. And I commend the efforts of my compadres. It's a hell of a deal. It takes a lot of cojones to put your name on something and stand up for what is right. People were at a moment such as this, an Esther moment. And what we just did today and what we will continue to do from here on out will echo in eternity. I promise you that. Stand strong. Days might get tough ahead. But with action like this, we're going to be on the right side of this. If, in whatever phase we're in, chaos, somewhat chaos, complete chaos, FUBAR chaos, we know that the ultimate phase is biblical. And biblical takes away all chaos. And remember, we're not anxious, we're not nervous. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition, present your request to God, and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Happy New Year, all. Get some. Get some. It's time to get your foot in this fight. If you're not standing up for truth, if you haven't put your name on that petition, let's get going. This is a very serious time that you're going to have to make a decision. Everybody has to make a decision of whom you serve and where you stand in this fight. There's no middle ground anymore. And for those that think they're going to be in the middle ground, you're going to get rolled up tough. It's going to hurt. And we're, we're, we can do all we can to protect and defend. But at the end of the day, where our focus has to be in restoring, first and foremost, our military. But that doesn't diminish the importance of local action. Local action is one of the most critical things we can be involved in on a daily basis. That means organizing now, not waiting. Understanding that these elections coming up are going to be highly critical to getting your sheriff and your county commission reset to be in favor of a constitutional republic. That's a lot of groundwork and a lot of hard work. And you have to have some faith in your local elections. Now, no doubt, our election system is completely broken. Our election system is savagely corrupt. Our election system is being used in every place possible to keep people from reclaiming the power of we the people. Remember, that concept in the Declaration of Independence, that all, all rights are given to the people by our creator, is one of the things that inflamed every elite in the world. Our founding fathers understood that. Our founding fathers knew that the elites would do everything they could to try to steal this country back because the greatest fear to their power is when people have power, we the people. It's one of the reasons we have the Second Amendment. But Second Amendment is Second Amendment. It's not First. The First Amendment is our freedom of speech, our freedom to assemble, our freedom of religion. These things are critical. And as we understand that those are the greatest tools in this war, we have to exploit them to their nth degree. We have to literally be pushing the window on every single one of them. 
And our freedom of speech has to be maintained. And even if you're being threatened with censorship or you're being threatened to, to be arrested for something, speak truth to power. The only way you're going to be able to do that and do it comfortably is to know that as you do that, you're anchoring yourself in the word of God, that we are spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ through our truth in this world. And we are fighting this weapon, this war with the weapons of the sword of spirit and the mightiness of spirit that are given to us. We have to fight this way and it has to be relentless and it has to be ruthless. Truth and love go together. That doesn't mean they're easy to digest. We have to break the pulpit down that is trying to push this idea of love at any cost. LGBTQ churches are captured. Anytime you see a flag, you have to understand that when those flags are outside of those churches, they are now owned in territory by Satan. If you can get in and infiltrate and tear them, take them back, great. We have to try to get to the hearts of people, but this fight is real and it's very local. And we have to get serious about it because they are positioning this to have probably two major events one in April, and then one in November. All of this with the intention of slowly degrading the capacity and the infrastructure of a country, the United States, putting people in a state of fear, and then having the people want and ask for help from the outside. We just saw a test balloon of this go on in preparation for what I believe is to be coming here, and that's what just happened in Ecuador. If you haven't been paying attention, Ecuador yesterday was in complete riots. What happened is 22 gangs, cartel gangs, were released from prison, they say. They say they were actually broke out. That's not true. They were released, and they were flooded into the into the cities. And the first thing they did is they went to universities where students were, and they took hostages. They did some executions in front of the students, and they went into the TV station and took hostages there. The idea that they're doing and is that they're trying to instill fear in the people because that's trauma-based programming. Now, let me walk you through how this works, especially in our culture that is probably the most programmed of any culture in the world right now. When you, Right now, we are working with something called DEI, which is diversity, equity, and inclusion. This is a religion. I did a show on this yesterday morning, I believe. DEI. DEI's concept is, is the woke agenda put into corporate boardrooms, put into human resources training, mainstreamed into our military academies, and now and being pushed heavily across all spectrums at university. DEI is a principle that everybody has to be included and that white people ultimately have to be excluded. We have to look at things through cultural optics and we have to look at things through the trauma of cultural history. Always that there is a, a the, the inclusion, all of this is, ex, is an exclusion strategy and a divided politics strategy put within a nice wrapper that sounds like it's all going to be love and hugs. Churches are, being, are part of this problem. They're preaching a message right now in the church, which is basically love at any cost. That's not scriptural, but that's what they're teaching. And in so doing, when the DEI policies roll in, churches are embracing this indirectly with a couple of critical words. One, we are not worthy. That's one of the foundations of DEI, that you are not worthy, but we must become worthy by getting rid of those, that excluding those that were, or making lesser those that caused the problems in the way they see the histories, and then moving up a new class of people that will come together. And the only way we can come together, because we are born imperfect by God, is to all of us agree to get along at any cost, accepting the fact that even part of the failure of God is that we were born with the wrong gender. And so it's up to us to right that ship in this earth and in this time based on the training and, and indoctrinations that we're given so that we better understand who we are and become a better people. This is the precipice. We're on a precipice then to moving everybody into the transhumanist era where people openly admit that the species in which we are, the perfection in which God created, is so imperfect that the only way forward is to accept a modification with technology that will make us greater than we've ever imagined being because our old way, the evolutionary way, is flawed. That's the concept that all wraps around what we call DEI, which is a religion. Very important to understand how important this is in the upcoming chaos. Because when you have chaos like this and you've already inoculated the university students with the idea that America is a place to hate, America is a broken country, America is crony capitalism, capitalism doesn't work, and the only way forward is a communist structure where you have a universal basic income, you have the things provided by the state. You're going to be given a small place to live because, again, humans are the parasites of the world, and we must minimize our footprint, and we must do everything we can to include reducing the population. All of this is in place. So as violence ensues at the university, why the Ecuador event is so important is they targeted universities. Why? Because students then are put under a trauma 
based programming with true trauma before them, executions, torture, captivity, etc. Then you end up with this, this idea that your country is broken. The government isn't coming to help you. And then what the next narrative, which you can expect to start seeing this in our media, is to start seeing the idea that these captives, these, these people, not captives, these prisoners that escaped, these poor prisoners that escaped had horrible conditions. They're broken. They need to be, they need to be given support in our society, but we need to understand them. And in the process of doing this, that we have to realize that they have that they're that way, it's not their fault. We can't be mad at them for killing people. We can't be mad at them for raping people. We just have to accept this because they're they're a victim of white supremacy. This is coming, I'm telling you. And our universities are prepped and primed for it. They've already been forcing this garbage into in the student's head because their students there are fully in, in line with the propaganda machine that the universities are. Get prepared, because this is the pivot they're going to try to move. In my opinion, I don't think there's any way around this direction, because this is how you start to see an upending of the institutional structure in which we have, where students now begin to riot, and students now begin to take sides. And even though they have trauma, they're either going to be silenced or they're going to step up. And the people that will be targeted will be white men. Again, they will be the greatest threat. They'll be used as examples. This is the first step in genocide, but they have to genocide one group and have the mass follow. Now, if you think this isn't possible, all you have to do is biblically frame this and understand that the same people that were yelling, screaming, spitting, throwing things at Jesus this week before were bowing before him. This is how easy it is to sway people's weak minds. And this is being primed right now to create a mass genocide event, which will be justifiable in by the eyes of the public. This is literally Hitlerite type politics we're in the middle of. You have to be ready immensely. And the way we get to these people is truth. We have to do a lot of praying, a lot of spiritual warfare, and we have to keep the pressure on. Our country is in a crisis, and it's in a crisis because, like it or not, we've allowed it to get there, and we have allowed a lot of tolerance for these people over time. The strength that we have is to start building strength within our local communities. That goes to the root of county by county, which we've gone over many times and which we will dig into more through the coming weeks. But county by county is your root. County by county gives you that action of setting up home churches you should be doing or being prepared to do or starting home study groups now. You have homeschooling. Parents, get your kids out of public school. I don't know how else to say it and get them out of the pipeline to universities. There's nothing good there. There's no no benefit to that. Get them homeschooled. Get Build local community pods. Work with your local church. Get them into something other than public schools. And in so doing, get them in a streamline and pipeline towards trades, which are going to be needed to rebuild this nation. Next, the third down the list is Patriot Gardens. That is growing your own food, getting yourself as self-sufficient as possible. I can't speak enough to that point right now. If you're not already doing it, you're behind, but you can catch up. There's still a window of time. Move. There's no time to waste. We have to get people starting to grow and tearing up your, your lovely toxic lawn. Start putting in food. If your HOAs are going to block you, get involved with your HOA community and start changing the rules. I've said this before, and it's been a while since I've reminded people, but one of the great wars that's coming in, the, in the, this sort of fifth-generation warfare is the fight for HOAs. HOAs are highly restrictive on how people can grow things or do in their yards. Many times it's so restrictive that you can only have specific plants and certain styles of things in, in a community. Those HOAs need to be taken over. Those rules need to be cast out. And, those, and the idea of encouraging people to grow food needs to be done ASAP. All of that needs to be done because people need to have the ability and start focusing on growing and being self-sufficient. Fourth on the list is right work. Right work is critical. That means breaking away from your corporate yoke or your government job. Getting into something that you're doing, you can rely on a gift and talent, a trade, or working with somebody who has this on a like mind in this mindset that we have of walking with God and working for them to help build trades and skills and to improve a, and to make sure that people in the community are relying on you and not some of this corporate architecture. Health and wellness, you need to continue the pursuit of breaking from the dependency on the major medical. Probably a good idea right now as well to stock up on ice of ivermectin, HCQ, some steroids, a few other things like this that are necessary and helpful in a time like this. Look, and if you haven't been doing research on these sort of things of alternative therapies, 
Never too late. Time to get busy. Get your hands dirty. There's lots of community assets, especially in Bards Nation. There's a number and number of people that have become massively expert in, in these areas, far greater than I ever imagined. Resources are available. We work together as a body of Christ. We raise each other up, and we can do this. But this is critical. These are not times and not things to waste. First aid, trauma care, two critical things on your list you should be looking at. How you deal with these sorts of things so you don't have to rely on the t- medical tyranny. Everything they're trying to do is to squeeze people back into the box, so keep that in mind. Here's an example of something, and we'll get this is kind of off the main line, but it does get with money, and we'll talk of money at the end. I went in today to take out some cash to go pay the butcher, and I noticed that the, the, the attendant at the teller was spending an inordinate amount of time with my driver's license. And I asked them, I said, why are you doing this? And I said, are you literally required now for this small of a withdrawal? to put my information in? He said, yes. Every cash withdrawal now, they are supposed to register your name, who you are, details on your account, your driver's license information, et cetera, because they don't want you having cash. You can be rest assured that all of this is ramping up because the money system is going to be a critical blow to what they're doing. So make sure you are stocked up on silver and gold and other assets that you can trade, land, silver, gold, animals, seeds, these sorts of of bartable and usable methods of, of commerce so that we are working together as a community and not reliant on the corporate structures in which they want you dependent on. Truth, understanding the, the importance of, of informed action is your sixth column in this. Informed action is building your libraries, your knowledge libraries of things you need to do. Build it in paper or build it in PDF, but not digits. If you have digits, you're going to have problems. So if it's PDF, print them out. Build these knowledge libraries so you have reference material and you're not dependent on the web. Super important. And go further. Become informed in your local community. Understand where the need is to get people in the right place. Sheriffs, county commissions, city councils. Highly important areas to get active and to replace them and get them up to speed with the type of mentality we need in this current phase of the war. We need constitutional sheriffs that are willing and able to shut their counties down, kick the federal government out, stand on their constitutionality, mobilize a militia, and organize defense for the county. You need that mindset in your sheriffs. This is important because they're going to put an inordinate amount of pressure on people coming forward, and the federal government's idea is a land grab as they use these pandemic rules and the the new WHO, WHO regulations of health pandemics to steal people's land and property. You have to be organized in a community to resist that, and we can but it's going to take a lot of legwork, and there's plenty of work to do. And so the final one is stewardship and conservation. Very important principle here in understanding how to live on less and do more with little. And wherever you are, that's an important principle everyone needs to continue to follow. It's also a great principle in life anyway, the way God gives us. This is the the areas now that we have to start looking at critically as we go forward because there is a tremendous amount of challenge to us ahead. Now, I want to play this piece This is a piece by Jim Gale. He runs Food Forest Abundance. He's actually down in Florida. He's super successful in setting up community garden systems. I want you to hear this piece from him. Really impressive, the work that he is doing down there. And it is so important that we continue that push towards food self-sufficiency. Here you go. This message is to all of the generals and colonels and servicemen and women who crafted and signed the Declaration of Military Accountability. I'm going to share with you right now the only way that we will win this war. And it's very simple. In fact, it's embarrassingly simple. When we organize around creating local self-reliant systems and communities, when we organize around putting permaculture-designed landscapes into our communities, into our schools, our churches, our community centers. And we inspire and empower the people to transition a portion of their lawns into food production systems. When we organize around this logical way to steward our land, to take the poisons out and grow food instead of lawns. With your help, with your wisdom, It can be done like that. All of the infrastructure is in place. We just need to shift the mindset. We need to catalyze a shift in awareness that leads to mass adoption of simply doing this. 21 months ago, this was sand 
It was a biological desert. Now it's an epic food forest that not only provides enough food for our community to thrive, but it also provides seeds and starts for the bigger community out there to grow their own food. And most importantly, it provides the inspiration. Let's come together. Let's organize around the idea whose time has come stronger than all of the armies of the world. Non-compliance with force and violence and growing food without poisons. That is the foundation of humanity's freedom. Let's do it. Come visit me at Galt's Landing and I'll show you how it's done. Non-compliance. Non-compliance is the key piece here and there has to be some courage of being willing to stand and stand up to tyranny. As a nation, we did a very, very poor job during COVID. And it's demonstrated over and over again that what happened in COVID gave these elites more momentum than, you, than we could have ever imagined. People's weakness, lack of faith, ability to succumb to fear, believing that somehow they could trust in the government that would deliver them a solution to keep them health and, and healthy and strong is part of the ridiculous mentality that existed three years ago. It's hopeful that there's been a lot learned. And I think on the aggregate, there has been. But the test coming forward will not be small. You have to, we have to accept the fact that these people that are literally in power will go to anything at any ends to try to retain power. Again, and I said this earlier, but I want to underline this point. People that traffic in children, rape children, abuse children, find pleasure in exploiting children and going so far as to destroying children's lives through various mechanisms, even the rich, satanic ritual abuse, are not people you negotiate with and try to win over to try to make them kind and loving in the world. They are pure evil, absolute evil. And the things that they will do to accomplish their goals have obviously no limits or bounds. That sort of person is really in our government. It's in our senior leadership in our military. These sorts of people have no fear of the rules of treason and no fear of the, of the, of the court casing of crimes against humanity because they believe truly that they are beyond that and are not reachable or touchable. The people's power right now rests in breaking down their corporatocracy and their systems that they believe that people cannot live without. One of the issues right now that they're struggling with is people are defying Economic consumer behavior is declining. People aren't buying as much. People are not paying attention to the rules when they're trying to give the fear porn about masks or the latest variant. All of these things are failing. So this leaves, leads them down a merry road that this caged animal or cornered animal now becomes extremely dangerous. So be prepared. Can't stress that enough. Do I think things will come out? Yes, we're going to win this. There's no question about it. But we do not. you do not win a battle by going in weak or being, a, or, or being arrogant. This is a battle, and the decision of how each decisions we make are going to make a difference. And part of that is having the courage to stand up and be active in the world. Defiance is a critical one. And even if you're the only one defying, defiance has an amazing way of becoming addictive and leading others in, in the fight. Leadership comes through the ability to stand up and do the right thing. It's not being a hero to do the glorious thing. It's simply doing the right thing. And we have had so few heroes. Men, I say it too much. We need strong men. And whatever your reason for holding back, this is not the hour to do it anymore. Find strength, do the right thing, stand up and be a man in this nation, be a patriot and be a defiant. And when we start to get men back in this fight and not having to lay the burden on women, we're going to do a whole lot better as a nation. And it's time to get that serious and realize what we're up against. This enemy is real. It is in they are in the final run of either winning or losing. I believe they've lost. But we still have to bring it across the finish line. The goal right now between now and 2030 is to acquire and confiscate and have control of 30% of the lands under the federal holding. 2050's model is to have 50% of the lands under their holding. For those that think that that's a long ways off, the federal government currently has 15, has half of their goal achieved. So 15% of the lands currently are under federal holding, and they're leveraging every angle they can to try to steal private land and to put it back under their control and sever people from the land because the land is the root of power. When we have land, we are able to produce food for ourselves. We are able to produce a livelihood. 
This is why they want people packed into these sardines, sardine can buildings, high density living, separated from the land so that we have no ability to function other than dependency on them. And then they impose the rules that say comply or die. This is a, a line in the sand that every single person has to understand. And there has to be the courage, just like the 231 put their name on that bottom line. There has to be the courage to stand up and say, I will stand for what is right and just under, under God's rule, period, at any cost. This is the hour which everything matters of whether you're truly walking in faith or whether you're just giving lip service to it. Because truly walking in faith means you're willing to walk that path that Christ walked all the way to the end. When you have that commitment and that resolve, there is no possible way we can ever lose. But it takes a mindset and a commitment right from the beginning. Now, one of the big things that we really have to understand as well is loving the Lord and trusting in Him in all things. So this is a nice piece here to kind of frame all of that in, in a way that I think that we can all relate to and take home with us in prayer. Here we go. Don't ever whinge and complain about a situation maybe God has placed you in it. Thank Him for it. Because you don't know what is good for you. It is only God that knows what is good for you. The situation may be difficult. The situation may be troublesome. The situation may be very exhaustive. But let God manage your life. Don't do it your way. Let Him do it His way in you. You see, at the time, I could not last. I was in pain. I begged the Lord, please, I want to go back to the church. Why did this happen to me? Why was I deposed? What have I done? What have I done? What have I done? But now I've realized the best time of my entire life this till this moment were those five and a half years. I would never, never swap them for nothing because there and then I didn't see people. I saw the Lord. So no one can tell me Jesus doesn't exist. No one. No one. That's why now nothing matters to me. Whether I go back or not, whether I have a position or not, I don't care with love and respect. I don't care. You know why? Because this sweetheart is all I care about. Because he made sure that I have learned this lesson. No one ever loves me more than him. Thank you, Habib Albi. Thank you. I love you, Jesus. My sweetheart. Who cares about the throne? Who cares about this cloth? Who cares about position? Search for the Lord. Search for Christ. I've been asking him to take me. Yeah. I think he gave me a glimpse he said if you keep on asking I will take you but you know what there is no one no one and nothing gets anywhere 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 near what this beauty of all beauties is all about nothing just love the Lord and trust the Lord Love the Lord and trust the Lord. It's fundamentally that simple. Listen to what they, what God needs you to do. And whatever God needs you to do, do it better and greater than you've ever been able to imagine. Pursue it in, with the excellence that he seeks you to do. And how menial or how great that task may be is irrelevant because God sees it as great. It's essential. And drive forward in it. Don't let go. When you get on that place where you know that you're literally being driven by God to do something, ask yourself a simple question. If that's the task God has you to do in this hour, it is the greatest task that he's ever asked you to do. All that you've done before 
led you to that moment. And so ask yourself how much it's worth to you. What are you willing to sacrifice to accomplish the mission that God gave to you? And if it's any less than all in, you've missed the point. I think everybody at one point or another has in their mind certain things. We like to think about Jericho. Perhaps you're the one that likes to think about Jericho and being with Joshua and his army. Maybe you want to be David and throw a stone. But God has many, many places he's placed us for many different reasons because we can't see the full picture. All I know is if every single person pursued that talent, that gift, that position that God wanted you to do with the fire and passion of your entire life, throwing it all in, 100% in, willing to do everything to accomplish that, everything, sacrifice everything. In this critical hour right now, there is no more important thing to be doing than to be serving the Lord 100% in everything he's asking you to do. Trusting in him as he points to you and throwing everything in. And when we do that, the world literally changes. We can change the world on a dime. There's no question about it. But we have to have our faith anchored and rock solid, and we have to be able to throw everything in and put it all down before him and say, there's nothing I will not sacrifice for this mission and for you, Lord. And when we do that, he doesn't need 330 million. He just needs his Gideon 300. And the game is won. Patriots, let's play. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight just very humbled and blessed. And we thank you so much for all that you have done for us, brought us through so much of this fire as we reflect literally on three years ago and where we were in a nation that was now being brought into the darkness of a COVID con to try to drive people into the insanity and the the trauma-based programming to make them believe in in a pandemic that never existed, to try to ruin lives, which it did, to keep people separated from loved ones, to watch them die alone, which it did, to create scars and burdens upon people's hearts that ultimately they're never going to be able to get over without the love of Christ. Father, tonight, the prayer, most importantly for everyone listening, is a blessing a blessing of clarity of what it is and you want each person to do, what you're calling each person to do in this time and this place. Let that blessing fall through and flow through everything to be clear, to hear your voice, to see clearly as you intend us to see, to step into that anointing which you have called us to be in this time and this place. And with that, may the fire of Holy Spirit, may the fire of righteousness burn gloriously that there is nothing that we will not sacrifice for the pursuit of that glory which you put before us. And let us seek that, for the glory of kingdom is through the actions we make here now. And let us bring that fire into our daily lives, willing to play it all down, to do everything for that one mission that you put before us. Because this is the critical hour to now turn our enemy on its heels and drive them into the depths of hell and to burn them in the lake of fire. Father, we're praying for the raising up of the mighty army and body of Christ, the army that has the fire and passion for you to seize Jesus and runs after him as hard as it can. It reaches for the Holy Spirit to bring down the gifts and talents, the authorities that we ask for in this hour. May those hearts be purified. May those voices be heard. And may the voice of a common voice in the body of Christ echo across this land to shake those in power that think that they can outdo you, Lord may shake them to such a degree that they realize now that there is no winning because we have won this. It is now our mission now to bring that victory from the cross into the world. Guide us and protect us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Patriots, it's a critical hour. Take it seriously. Stay focused. Pray a lot because we have a lot of prayers to do. Stay in prayer. Stay in the word. Spend time there. Hear the voice of God. Ask him where he needs you to be. Pay attention and move. Be prepared. Never be afraid. Remember, fear is the critical piece that the enemy uses every time to separate us from him. And God gives us that command 365 times to fear not. I would say in my definition, if you have fear, we have sin. So head up, eyes forward and always pursue the kingdom in everything we do. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow morning for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time, keep your head up.
and you rise forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow morning for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something I just want to breathe again Dive into the deepest end Oh, I want to feel something Let me get back in my body